One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. Screen time. It's my screen time too. Screen Hello time, and welcome time, to It's My Screen Time, time Too, the podcast where two moms take chances, time. make mistakes, and get messy. That's actually a catchphrase from the show. Which I realized might not be funny if you haven't actually seen the show. <laughs> but you know what? It works on two levels because that's actually what parenting is anyway. Just making mistakes and getting messy all the time. Totally. Every totally. day. Okay, so I'm Katie. I'm Deborah. And I have one son. His name is Jay. He's two years old. And I have three kids, an eight-year-old. Uh, and he just had a birthday, and two, four, and three quarters year olds. <laughs> <laughs> so they insist saying, on the three quarters. Yeah, they're getting yeah. close too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually have a parenting question that is probably not relevant to the podcast at all. <laughs> so go for it. All right, because you've done this three times before. So potty training. Or mm. whatever we're supposed to call it now. Toilet awareness or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been trying to do the whole like wait till he's ready approach. So we introduce the potty. He can sit on it. But he ha- he hasn't really progressed in like knowing when he feels like he needs to go. Mm-hmm. So to me that says, well, he doesn't seem to be ready yet. But then today, he just, like, refused to let me even put a diaper back on him and just wanted to walk around with a bare butt all day and was acting super weird about the toilet. And I was wondering, like, is this just some sort of, like, aggressive sign that he's ready? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. All right. You're no help. (laughs) I'm not very helpful. No. Sorry. You're just just glad it's over. Yeah, exactly. Good luck. (laughs) Thanks. I'm really glad to have, have this community of moms to reach out to for help. <laughs> All right, tell me an adorable story about your kids. <laughs> um, well, my son Tony um, turned eight. His birthday is on Halloween, and he had a friend party. Uh, the weekend before his actual birthday. And so he was super excited for Halloween. And I think this is completely adorable. Like after dinner, we got him two gifts and we brought him up and he was completely surprised. Like he had not expected any more presents because he got a couple presents from his friends at his party and his grandparents. uh, My parents had given him something that weekend and so it was just delightful. He was so grateful, and it was nice. Oh, way to raise a non-materialistic kid, Deborah. On that day, <laughs> <laughs> he surprised me. <laughs> all right, we got the kid stuff out of the way. Now we can get down to business. It's all about us. Magic school bus. Yeah. <laughs> rides again. All right, today we're talking about the magic school bus rides again. Which is a remake of the show The Magic School Bus, and not a remake. I meant to say reboot, because they're different. So in the show, a class of fifth graders 
and I tried to keep track of all their names, but I may have missed them. So we have Arnold, Wanda, D.A., Ralphie, Keisha, Carlos, Tim, and new kid Jody, or possibly just Jody. I couldn't tell. I thought it was Joni. Oh, okay. Also possible. Mm-hmm. So they have a wacky teacher named Miss Frizzle, and... Miss Frizzle has replaced her older sister, the former Miss Frizzle, who is now Professor Frizzle, as the kid's science teacher who takes them on adventures in a magic school bus, duh, uh, to learn lessons about science by flying or shrinking and just generally experiencing science in a very up-close-and-personal way. It's a new Netflix series out this year, so just one season, and it's a uh, big headliner is it's starring Kate McKinnon as Miss Frizzle. Uh, so there are 13 episodes out. The original series was based on a book series that was first published in 1986. And the first TV series started airing in 1994. And it starred Lily Tomlin as Miss Frizzle. She still does the voice of the older Miss Frizzle in this new show, which I thought was a nice bit of continuity. All right, so mm-hmm. that was a long summary. But okay, so why did we pick it? Deborah, did you <laughs> uh did you watch the original show or read the uh the books when you were young? No, I did not. We have a couple of Magic School Bus books that I've picked up at like library book sales, mm-hmm. and that is my entire familiarity with the series. Yeah, I feel like we were just a hair too old. I, I, I'm looking at the notes that I made, and I wrote young, but I meant old. I feel like we were just a hair too old for the original books and series. But I was excited to watch it because I really like Kate McKinnon, and I want to be behind everything she's doing. So I'm behind this. Same. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, as we always do, we watched the pilot, episode one, Frizzle of the Future. We also watched episode four, The Battle for Rock Mountain, and episode 10, The Tales Glaciers Tell. So, as usual, we will just go through each episode one by one and then go into our more general thoughts. Deborah, you want to take it away? Right. So, season one, episode one, titled Frizzle of the Future, introduces Miss Fiona Felicity Frizzle the original Miss Frizzle's little sister. And it starts with Arnold, who's like the kid with a lot of anxiety. He has orange hair. He shows the new girl, Joni, around. And he's not very pleased with the fact that they have a new teacher. And Miss Frizzle ends up taking the class to the Galapagos Islands because the vocabulary word of the day is ecosystem. The kids learn about ecosystems And they're transformed into animals, turned back into kids. They're shrunk, like honey shrunk the kids style, uh, to examine a boot to check for invasive species. And Arnold realizes that the lesson is kind of mirroring the change in his classroom. So he's upset that the perfect ecosystem of his classroom has been changed because he considers the new Miss Frizzle to be an invasive species. And he, he, I wasn't sure if this was intentional or not, but he leaves a plant behind on the Galapagos Islands. The class travels 30 years into the future. They learn about a crisis in the Galapagos and they travel back and Arnold is confronted by the damage that he wrought by leaving this plant that's taken over the islands 
And then scientists had brought at some point in rabbits that they thought would eat the plant and the rabbits proliferated also. As rabbits do. As they do. And after a one-on-one with the old Miss Frizz, he goes back in time and he puts the plant back on the bus and saves the Galapagos Islands. This was a real lot of responsibility to lay on a fifth grader's head. He was pretty loath to take responsibility for his actions also. <laughs> but wouldn't most fifth graders be if you were like, oh, by the way, you ruined the entire ecosystem of an entire island? Right. Yeah. Chain of violence? Chain of violence, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. It's not just one island. Gotcha. It's plural. Yeah, I sort of felt sorry for him, but he was so unadaptable that was kind of frustrating to watch him go through that. Also, the beginning of the show, they were coming in. Arnold made some mention to summer vacation. So wouldn't they be expecting a new teacher? Uh, not in magic school bus land, <laughs> I guess. Because it's always the same. Ki- it's always yeah. the same kids. You're right. I'm injecting a level of reality that's just not there. But since we're talking about that heightened level of non-reality, irreality, wow, my vocabulary is awesome today. (laughs) I would hate this to be a student in a classroom like this. I would hate it, mostly because I am a super big chicken. I would definitely be the Arnold, possibly minus the destroying of an entire ecosystem with an invasive species. Yeah, I would lose my permission slip, not have my parents sign it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Fake sick, go to the nurse's office. Like, they go on scary adventures, and she's always, like, running out of fuel Mm -hmm. for the magic school bus. At one point, when they're shrunk down to microscopic size and just climbing all over a dirty boot, they see these gigantic, hideous insects, and it's it's scary. Right. I was totally with Arnold on this one. Um, do you have any thoughts specific to the pilot? I liked it. I, not having ever seen the original and just being familiar with the books, I thought it was pretty true to the way that the books are. Mm-hmm. They are very, like, each book is a pretty in-depth lesson on a certain science topic. Mm-hmm. And they do go on adventures, and they are crazy and death-defying. <laughs> so I I liked it. I think it's a fun concept. I thought Kate McKinnon was really good. No? I, I just found her to be kind of blah. And mm. that could just be because the Ghostbusters remake is making its way through the premium cable channels. So I've been catching bits and pieces of it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw that movie. I did. I liked it. She was so bonkers and just awesome. And she was just 1,000 kinds of weird. And I loved it. And I just, she was obviously very toned down in this role of Miss Frizzle, which I think I was just hoping for a little bit more bonkers weird. Well, part of the joy of watching Kate McKinnon is her physicality. And if she's just voicing an animated character, you don't, you do miss out, out on that. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, Did you notice, I know you never watched the original show, but they did, they do use the original theme music from the first show. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll give you a gold star if you can guess who they had sing sing it for the new version. Ooh, I didn't. I have no idea. Of course, it's Lin Manuel Miranda. Of course, it is. Oh, <laughs> no wonder I liked it. Yeah, we'll just put put that in our word cloud for another shout out to Lin Manuel <laughs> Miranda. They needed some more hip cred. They're like, who's who's new? Who's hot now? Yeah. <laughs> but I really did like that they did a throwback to the original and had Lily Tomlin come on as Professor Frizzle. It was nice that they, uh, I guess what I'm saying is I preferred that it was a reboot to a remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to the next episode? Yes. Okay. So the second episode we watched was actually episode four called Battle for Rock Mountain. And, uh, Okay, so the class is preparing to fill a time capsule, which is apparently a thing that every TV school does. And I think every school. (laughs) I didn't. My second grader just did a unit where they made a time capsule. Okay, fine. Did you? I made one as a kid with some friends. Uh Uh-huh. And I have no idea where we buried it or if it actually <laughs> followed through, but it was something like we had all read it in a book together and thought it sounded awesome. Yeah. Like coming back in 20 years and digging it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, none of my teachers ever cared about what uh, what we ha- what gifts we had to give to the future. So we never did it. And I was not <laughs> I was not clever enough to do that stuff with my friends. So. Okay, so this fifth grade class is preparing to fill a time capsule, but Tim wants to include, uh, he wants to write a comic book and put it in the time capsule, but he doesn't have any ideas until he is inspired to write a battle between Ralphie's favorite superhero, Weatherman, and Arnold's favorite superhero, Captain Rockman. But when he is stuck for plot, Miss Frizzle takes them on the magic school bus to Iceland where she shows them how weather and water represented by weatherman and his sidekick H2O boy crumble igneous rock represented by Captain Igneous Rockman. (laughs) Wow, this is way more complicated than it needs to be. All right, I don't need to explain the specifics to you. She shows them how all the different categories of rock are related. And essentially every time you think a rock is destroyed, it just over long periods of time and help from weather and water morphs in and heat and pressure morphs into a different kind of rock. Mm -hmm. So in the end, obviously captain Rockman wins the battle. Tim finishes his comic book and they put it in the time capsule. Like every episode it's like a scientific lesson, but also helping one particular student with something. So Yeah. And it was cute because the the comic books, the superheroes are all based on kids from the class. So all the kids get their own character in Tim's comic book. Like Arnold is Captain Rockman and Ralphie is Weatherman, and then Carlos is H- is boy H2O, and the girls are a tectonic duo. Yeah, and Scarlet Scorch. Uh, so every that gets was a little funny because they were supposed because it they were supposed to like melt the big rock man, and 
Miss Frizzle was like, okay, give him a hundred thousand years or whatever the length of time it was. <laughs> yeah, it's like the slowest superhero battle. We talked about how frustrating Lego battles are because they can't really move very well. But this was yeah. like even slower than that. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually my favorite episode of the three that we watched. Because um, the kid-friendly hook or the you put it really nicely. The individual lesson for Tim fit really nicely into the science lesson. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel forced, yeah. and uh, it was it was just really fun. What did you think? I liked it. I thought it was fun. I liked the setting. I liked the lesson. It's been a really long time since I've like I just haven't brushed up on my geology terms. Yeah, <laughs> in decades. <laughs> Um, there was a funny part where Miss Frizzle said, let's be what you see. And the school bus and the kids like turned into rocks and tumbled down the mountain and like got all broken up. And I thought that was a funny part. I forgot about that. You're right. And I even learned a new word. What's that? Classed. Yes, I did not. Well, I, you probably knew that one already. You know, I heard it and I immediately knew how to spell it. So it must be one of those words that I've seen, you know, when you're reading a book and you just kind of gloss mm. over an unfamiliar word. <laughs> Whatever. Context clues. <laughs> <laughs> so now I actually know what it means, which is nice. Which for our listeners who don't, it's like rock bits at the bottom of a riverbed. Right? Rock bits. I like it. Um, should we move on to the next episode? We also watched episode 10 from the first season called The Tales Glaciers Tell. And at the beginning of this episode, Dorothy Ann, also known as D.A., is struggling with her storytelling skills. So Miss Frizzle takes them on an adventure to learn about glaciers. While they're climbing up a mountain, DA convinces Frizz to turn on the bus's number cruncher mode. DA is like obsessed with calculations and she wants to figure out how many snowflakes make up all the Earth's glaciers. And it takes a lot of energy to run the number cruncher, so the bus loses power and they fall deep, deep into a glacial crevasse. And then they travel through time from 130,000 years ago comparing CO2 levels and what the earth was like at each time period because there are air bubbles in the glacier that scientists really do use to learn about previous time periods. And they find out through DA's calculations that CO2 levels were pretty steady for a long time, but in the last 200 years, CO2 levels have increased as well as the earth's temperature, and it all coincides with the Industrial Revolution and human progress and technology like cars and air conditioners. And we all know that story. This was a hard one. You have to wonder yeah. how, how it goes over with the non-believers. I thought about that. Well, I read your show notes. You did? Before oh, my I watched gosh. That, before <laughs> I watched that last episode and I was like, Curler, what are you talking about? Like, who can argue with geology? It's a pretty cut and dry field. But then I watched this one. I was like, that's what you meant. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't think that anybody who thinks that the world is only 6,000 years old is going to watch or let their kids watch Magic School Bus. 
But what about the people who just believe that climate change is really just a natural warming phase that happens every so many millennia? I don't exactly know that argument, but it's the other argument that's not the religious one. (laughs) You know, that is a really hard frame of, I, I just can't empathize with that worldview. So I don't know what they think. I don't know. I, I just, don't get it. Yeah, I, would, I don't get it. I would hate for someone to watch this episode with their kids and be like, oh, we can never watch this again. This is just liberal propaganda. Right. Um, but at the same time, how do you tell the story of climate change to kids? I thought that this was as good a way as any. I mean, it made it seem really straightforward. It was really good. There is, um, there's, so the podcast that I love and talk about all the time, Wow in the World mm-hmm. for Kids, they talk about climate change on that one also. Um, and so, like, my kids, if I tell them to turn out the lights before we leave the house, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we have to help the planet. The planet's heating up. We got to turn off the lights. Aww. Can you see? Yes. And also, like, if I'm, like, eat your finish your dinner they're like yeah yeah food waste food waste we can't waste food we got to help the planet because that's on wow in the world too so i liked the ending where da does give her story she gives her speech to her class and she talks about how you should walk or bike instead of driving places if you can turn off lights and electronics plant trees talk about it which is another thing but my I don't know. None of these things seem to be as, well, I don't know. You don't want a kid's show to like really be alarming about. You're right. You're right. Like we don't want to scare the children, (laughs) but I find that like anything, anything I read or watch about climate change, like there's just like not enough at the end about like what we can do to help out. Yeah, it's frustrating because you just want to shake them and be like, recycling this one plastic bottle is not going to do it. Talk to me about some high-level changes. (laughs) Right, right. Side note, so at the end, when DA finally learns how to tell a story and tells her triumphant story of climate change to the very receptive audience, she doesn't really learn how to tell a story. She uses a holographic bus as a prop. I don't really think she learned the skills she was supposed to learn. (laughs) I thought it was like the equivalent of like, if your kid has a project for school, you can totally tell which parents like just made a PowerPoint Mm -hmm. for their kid or designed the poster and then had the kid like write their name on it. Yeah, it was, it was cheating. I had visions of those like three sided, uh, science fair display boards and like Mm -hmm. you have the ones with like construction paper cutouts on them and then you have the one with like the full panel kinko's printout poster on Mm -hmm. it yeah that was definitely a kinko's printout moment with the magic school bus yeah okay boss take it away (laughs) (laughs) and again circling back to the being terrified to be part of this class DA's obsession with research and numbers literally almost kills everyone. 
And Miss Frizzle doesn't step in to be like, hey, maybe this is a bad idea. She almost kills all of her classmates. Yeah. I also thought it might have been a good moment to say, like, not everybody is going to be a great public speaker. That's true. A moment to talk about how everyone has different strengths. Yeah. Like, DA, you're probably going to work in an office and you're going to produce some great spreadsheets and data analysis and then one of your colleagues is going to present that data at conference or i mean they could have taken a totally different route to talk about the importance of data i mean i know they were trying to fit this into a climate change story but it could have been a whole different science story about technology and the importance of data in modern life like that's da's jam oh that's a good point yeah I like that. I don't know. The STEM skills is a little too focused on the S and not enough on the mm. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to our general thoughts, which we're kind of already getting to? Sure. In the original show, and I know this means nothing to you because you never saw it, but you know the segment at the end of the episodes where they call up Professor Frizzle, who is still voiced by Lily Tomlin, and she kind of fact-checks things about the show? Like, a kid will call up and be like, well, what did they really mean? Like, could you really find this in a bubble? So she would fact-check at the end of every episode, but in the original series... That role was played by the producer of the show. So there was this meta moment where, like, kids would call up the producer of the show, Magic School Bus, who was a cartoon character voiced by Malcolm Jamal Warner, who would answer their questions in the same way. And I kind of loved the meta of it. Like, Mm -hmm. so I, I missed that a little bit. I know it was a little quibble of a thing. And then I found myself thinking about that. And I was like, well, why do I miss that? Is it because I have fond feelings about Malcolm Jamal Warner from watching The Cosby Show? And is it okay to still have fond feelings having to do with The Cosby Show? And then I just felt bad. (laughs) You know, to segue into one of our other discussion points, um, we were going to talk about how we feel about the concept of reboots. And I only bring this up because... One reboot that I would have liked to see as a Cosby show reboot until we found out what Bill Cosby was actually like. That's the only reason I bring it up. I loved that show, too. It was a really good show. Yeah, it's so sad to have it ruined. Yeah. But that's a cute way of ending the show. On the first episode, when they call Miss Frizzle, I was just a little confused. And I thought, watching on Netflix, I thought that the next episode had already started (laughs) and I had missed something so I I not having seen the original that a meta moment was a little lost on me the first time (laughs) yeah I mean I love the concept that kids watching the show would call up and be like there seem to be some flaws in this when like the whole show is about kids getting like shrunk and you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like if you pull one string kids that whole sweater is gonna fall apart Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and talk about reboots. Uh, 
Because this did really get me thinking about the era of reboots that we live in. So how do you feel about that concept of reboots? Are you cool with them? Do you think they represent a new creative low? I don't know. I always look forward to sequels of movies that I enjoy. And I always find them disappointing. And I kind of feel the same way about reboots. They sound like a great idea. Um, but in practice, they don't really live up to the original. Last last time we talked, we already hashed out Will and Grace. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Fuller House mm-hmm. is the reboot of um, Full House. I haven't watched it, but I've heard only bad reviews of it. You know what? I was actually going to cite that as an example that works. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, so. Maybe it's because I loved Full House as a kid. Yeah. And I have paid 0.01% attention to Fuller House. But, like, the couple blips of several episodes that I've seen, it strikes the exact right tone of earnestness from the original that is just lacking in today's TV landscape Mm -hmm. and as much as as adults we mock that level of earnestness like the whole after school special elements and the everything can be solved with a good chat with dad at the end of the day obviously we mock that but I don't know i I find the fact that it exists and that it's succeeding to be at least comforting. That makes sense. (laughs) Plus, because I have fond feelings for the old show, I like that these actors are still getting work. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh, boy, the Boy Meets World reboot. Yeah, did you ever watch that one? No, I forgot all about it until just now. I loved that show. Yeah, same. And I think the reboot was fairly popular, although it got canceled. Uh, the Disney Channel shows do that quite a bit, though, because don't they have like a reboot of That's So Raven with like now Raven is a mom and well, she has kids? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, was the Mickey Mouse Club, has that just been ongoing or was that a reboot when it was like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake? Yeah, it was rebooted in the early 90s uh, and it it hadn't been ongoing. And I think I have heard tell of another reboot in the works. Okay, that seems like a pretty successful one. But that's more like a, is that more like a variety show? Yeah. Not like a fictional show kind of like a sketch show for kids so I guess like weirdly I come down on both sides of this like (laughs) I like you get excited about reboots and sequels because I liked the original property Mm -hmm. but I am simultaneously mad that they're not making more new stuff (laughs) (laughs) whatever I can have it both ways So did you think of any um, adult movies or TV shows that this compares to? As usual, I got stuck on like one element of the show that I couldn't let go. So I was thinking about how every episode is like a new supernatural adventure. So Mm -hmm. it made me think of Quantum Leap or Sliders. 
Oh, good one. I was thinking X-Files a little bit oh, for yeah. that same mm-hmm. reason. Did you ever watch that show and the name is escaping me? It had Pacey from Dawson's Creek, that actor. Yeah, uh, Fringe? Yes, yeah. That was that one of those shows think. that I really liked and I made it almost to the end and then like I lost interest five episodes from the finale. <laughs> it happens to me surprisingly often. But <laughs> yeah, I think it was I think that was a really fun show. <laughs> oh, I heard that they are actually rebooting the Muppet Babies. Did you watch that show growing up? I I feel like we've maybe mentioned that show. I loved that show. That was one of my brothers and my favorite shows. So we'll definitely so have to watch the reboot for the for the podcast so we can talk mm, about it. I hope it I hope they do it justice. I it was so, so great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do any casting of the gritty HBO reboot? Boy, I could hardly get out of the SML mindset with Lily Tomlin and Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. So I would just watch like an hour long special of like magic school bus skits <laughs> done by various SNL cast members from over the years. Like Keenan Thompson would be hilarious as like a student being like, really mistress. Okay. <laughs> that actually and sounds like, awesome. I know. Like, and like old cast members, like Will Ferrell, like I think it could be hilarious. It could be could be really good. I don't know, Deborah. I feel like every once in a while you just really hit the jackpot with these <laughs> HBO reboots. Because between this and the uh, DC superhero mods group, I'm like totally down. I think we have a solid two hour block of programming. <laughs> How about you? Uh, so who my... would you who would you cast in real life as Miss Miss Frizzle? See, I feel like you just have to then cast Kate McKinnon, like you were saying. Yeah. It would be so great yeah. to see her actually d- physically do the role. Um, and the costumes, mm-hmm. the real-life costumes, because for those who haven't watched it, like, Miss Frizzle's costumes always change, and she's always wearing, like, some wacky dress with, like, whatever the topic at hand is, like, in the glacier episode she was wearing like a snowsuit with like a picture of an arctic scene on it yeah it's very like librarian style with the patterns that apply to whatever she's talking about yeah yeah um i wonder if lula wrote like ripped her off (laughs) uh so was it better when we were kids Did you ever watch 3 to 1 Contact? Yes, of course I did. I was trying to think of like the science-y shows that I liked, and that was a big one, and Bill Nye. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Bill Nye the Science Guy? Of course. Who is totally having a renaissance right now. He's all over the place. Yeah. I learned a lot from 3 to 1 Contact, actually. Mm-hmm. That was so a great show. I, I don't know. It might have been better when we were kids, even though... Magic School Bus was on when we were technically kids. Would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? Mm, probably not. But I did like it. I did like it. How about you? I probably wouldn't either. But I would happily turn it on 
on a sick day if I like needed something for Jay to be watching that I didn't have to feel too bad about. Mm-hmm. Although, well, I guess we segue right into 10 seconds on whether or not this is good for our kids. But there are some moments that were scary for a two-year-old, obviously. Yeah, I actually did watch this with my kids. Um, and they were engaged by it. They liked it. And I thought it was pretty educational. So I, I, I think it's good for kids. Agreed. Compared to other TV shows. <laughs> Ratings? Boy, I'd say a solid four to four and a half. Yeah, I would agree with you on that four. It was fun to revisit these characters, or in your case, visit them for the first time. Uh, and yeah, the nerdy stuff is just catnip to me. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing I just have to say, do you have you ever read the books? I think I've paged through a couple of them, yeah. They are among the books I most hate to read because there's like the story, like the text of the story. And then there's all these little pop out things. Like there's like dialogue, like dialogue bubbles from all the kids. And then there's like assignments that the students have done. And so it jumps around a Mm. lot and it just takes so long to read the whole book. So I don't recommend the books. Yeah, actually. I can see that. <laughs> Although, Joseph- but my kids really like them, and I'm like, I don't know if we have 45 minutes to get through this. <laughs> All right. Well, any other thoughts about the Magic School Bus rides again? I don't think so. How about you? I don't think so. This was fun. It was a yeah, it was a fun one to watch. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time Two. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation. We are at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. And that's also where you can find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at at myscreentime2 or email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. And our theme music was composed and performed by me, Deborah Copperwood, and my adorable children. And our show is produced by Katie Curler. You can tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Screen time, screen time.